Be careful what you tolerate. You are teaching people how to treat you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah Coleman. Well, welcome back to another quick mini cast. Um, I really hope you guys don't mind these. I just... If I happen to stumble across an article that I feel is very relevant to our career lives, I just immediately think that would make a great mini cast and, and this is where we're at. So um, I, I promise to make them short and sweet. So hang in there with me. Today's show is about how we train the world to treat us. Um, basically, you train the world how to treat you. It's definitely a saying or a thought that I personally have lived by and believe I have for a very long time. Um, I remember the first time I heard that saying, it was like a lightning bolt struck me. It resonated so strongly. Um, I think for me in my life at some point, I got tired of thinking that it was everyone else's fault for the way I was feeling or being treated. When I started looking into why that was, I came across that saying, and it all just seemed to make sense. I mean, it's so simple. You teach the people, you teach people how to treat you, or you teach the world how to treat you. Um, it really, for me, it really kind of boiled down just to just that. Um, most of us unknowingly allow or enable certain behaviors and or treatment by coworkers, for example, and we allow that treatment or behavior to continue. And we sit and wonder why things are a certain way for us, why we don't get the respect, recognition, patience, tolerance, and even support that just seems to be lacking. Well, I, for one, was tired of constantly asking myself that question and struggling with an answer. Um, I recently came across an article by best-selling author and organizational psychologist Benjamin Hardy, who some of you may be familiar with, um, and this article was titled, You Train the World How to Treat You. And in this article, Benjamin states, Everything in your life has been trained to be the way it is. Your health has been trained. Your identity has been trained. Your environment has been trained. Your relationships have been trained. You are the trainer of your external world. Your world is a reflection of you. And if you think about it, everything in your life has in some way been orchestrated by you for the most part, right? Um, especially in your career life. Let's, that's really more so what I'm talking to, talking about. So I'm speaking more along the lines of our career life. Um, so what you have chosen to let in, you've given permission to be there. It's a hard truth to accept or believe, but accurate if you really think about it. Now, of course, sidebar, there are definitely extenuating circumstances that we have no control over. Um, but in this quick show, I just want you to kind of take it from a different lens and see where maybe there are areas that you might control or areas that you are enabling. Um, but don't lose hope, okay? Since the message is, I feel, you control your external world, you all, the good news is you control your external world. So you can control things and change things around to make your situation better. I absolutely believe that. Um, so take, for example, microaggressions. Okay. We all experience those in more at work in some way, shape or form. Um, 
It's easy to let microaggressions go or just write them off as one-offs or just a passing thing or someone's having a bad day so that shade they threw at you, meh, you know, or well, they must be, you know, kind of stressed right now or maybe it's me, maybe I'm just being a little extra sensitive and that's all well and good and maybe that legitimately is the case and it really is just sort of a one-off and nothing to get too excited about. Um... But be careful with that way of thinking, guys, because what may start off as a one-off could quickly turn into the way you are perceived and treated moving forward. So that little microaggression, by not acknowledging it um, or correcting it, can quickly turn into just the way you are treated, again, moving forward. And then you're left wondering, why am I always ignored? Why are they always brushing me off? That sort of thing. So... I can relate to this myself. I'll give you a quick example. In one of my previous roles, I sat in an area that pretty much resembled a busy highway, meaning lots of foot traffic. Um, And since it was in the executive suite where I was, um, it was behind locked glass doors. Um, The organization I worked with did a lot of research for the government. And so their C-suite was behind locked glass doors for security reasons. Um, and which required an access key or an access card to gain entry. Um, And since my desk was out in the open and not really in an office and I faced the doors, um, I was sort of the go-to person to let people in who may not have like visitors who obviously wouldn't have an access key, right? Or for um, fellow employees and coworkers who might've forgotten their key um, or for whatever reason needed to be let in. So I had that control at my desk. Um, um, and I also had, as a sidebar, I also had control to keep the door locked again for security reasons. Um, and so sometimes I would joke around and like not let them in. And <laughs> so anyway, that was fun. Um, but, um, anyway, so there was, um, another organization on our same floor that was indirectly involved with our organization and they were, um, a pretty much a startup. So they constantly had visitors, which made a lot of sense. Okay. They were trying to get their footing, trying to get their funding. And so they always had visitors coming and going. Well, over time, it really got to be a problem because I was not the type that was always at my desk. My role, I was constantly running around always. And so this other company um, indirectly relied on me or they thought that I would always be there. So they would just tell their visitors, just come on up, double let you in, come on up, double let you in. And wait a minute, not so Deb isn't always there. Um, and so, but it got to a point where that organization made me feel like I had to be chained to my desk because lo and behold, there were times when I wasn't there naturally. Right. Um, And I would, in some way, shape, or form, hear about it later. Um, Oh my gosh, I tried to get in. I was late for my meeting. You weren't there. Where were you? Um, Or if I happened to be down the hall, someone would come, you know, I'd hear like a knock, knock, knock. And I'd have to walk back down the hall, turn the corner, and there they are waving like, hi, let me in. And it wasn't folks from my organization. It was people that were guests of this other organization or members of this other organization who maybe forgot their key because to them, you know, having that access key wasn't a priority because, you know, that wasn't their life. They weren't, you know, working, you know, high security. So they quite frequently left their keys behind. Um, And that got to be a problem that really got to be a problem for me. Um, And I thought, you know what, 
to be fair, they had no idea because I didn't speak up. They had no idea as I was shooting daggers at people and growling under my breath, like walking back to my desk and flipping the switch yet again, letting you in, you know, um, Again, I had a conversation, you know, internally with myself that, you know what, it's not their fault. They don't know because I'm not telling them. I'm not conveying to them what the problem is, not to the visitors, to the organization down the hall. Um, So one day I just solved it. I just said, enough, Deborah, enough with you feeling like you have this dark cloud over your head, enough, enough feeling like you have this invisible leash. Um, Do something about it. You have the power to. So I pulled their assistant director aside one day and I just explained all of that. And Again, to be perfectly fair, they had no idea. They, again, were operating under the assumption that I was always there and that I would just be there to let people in. They didn't know or realize that, oh my gosh, of course there's times you're not there. What can we do to help remedy that? So we worked it out. We came up with a compromise and boom, voila, situation solved. So I had two choices. There was a, there was a, there was a, there was a fork in the road, right? I could have kept quiet and stewed and been unhappy and let unhappiness and negativity rule the day. Or I could have stood up for myself and made a change that worked for everybody. And now, you know, dark cloud gone, assumptions removed, and we can all move on with our, with our day. So again, small example, but that's what I'm speaking to. Just maybe if you're in that feeling of, you're in a continual spiral of bad behavior and are finding yourself continually frustrated by coworkers or situations, um, maybe just turn that mirror around a bit and think about what might be doing, what you might be doing to enable that behavior or those assumptions. Um, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about those things when, um, you know, that are out of your control and that are a little larger and on a bigger scale. Um, I'm talking about those little little instances that you know that you can control and make better for yourself. Um, you know, those repeated behaviors that send you running, screaming from the room and make you just want to haul off and slap someone. I mean, I'm talking about those little things and those of us that are more in a support role or that are more, um, gosh, public facing that interact with colleagues a lot more and have a lot of interaction with our fellow coworkers and work in teams a lot that are exposed to people all day long. Um, that's what I'm talking about, those little behaviors. So um, look inside yourself in those moments and maybe ask yourself, is there something actionable that I can do to reverse this bad trend or these bad assumptions or these behaviors? Um, it's going to look different for everyone and you'll recognize it and know and know it when you're in it and what that means for you. Um, I just found these articles to be very empowering. And that's why I wanted to share with it, share these with you in case you were experiencing some of the same things that I had. Um, in the words of Sophia A. Nelson, who is an award-winning journalist and author in an article she wrote for the Huff Post, she wrote, the issue is you, not them. Get quiet with yourself and ask yourself, how are you teaching people to treat you? Trust me, you are the common denominator when anything negative seems to become a pattern, underlying pattern in your life. Let me say that again. Trust me, you are the common denominator when anything negative seems to become a pattern in your life. Check you first. All the answers you seek on how to change it for the better are right there inside of you. I love that. I just, I love that. And, um, I, that's how I want to end the show today. Think about that quote. 
flip it around, look inside yourself to see how you might be able to change things for the better. Um, so if you've hung with me, if you've hung in with me this far, thank you for listening and indulging me with this mini cast. Uh, again, it's something that I came across. It's a credo that I've obviously I've lived by. And when I saw these two articles, I thought, ah, I got to share it because I can guarantee there are others out there who may be of suffering from the same thing. So um, if you agree with me and have some thoughts on the subject, I'd love to connect. Please reach out. Um, either contact me through LinkedIn or contact me through my website. Would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Um, come on the show. Let's talk about it. Let's dive deep a little bit, flesh this out. Um, or if you simply would just love to be a guest, I would love to hear your career story um, and have a conversation with you too. So until next time, thank you everybody. Have a great week. 